All right, we're live. Got a special one here. We call it the bonus episodes. David Meltzer, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're in a unique uh, time right now. I mean, we, offline, we were just talking about we're we, you know we're going to start low, but we're going to bring this right back up to where I like to live, and I know you do too. And that's uh, some of the stuff we're going to rap about. Um, you know, there's fires here in North Bay. We're, we're coming, it's dark outside right now. Things are, have happened, you know, since March. We're living in a, in a very uh, crazy time. Um, what what is your take on that? Just what is your what is your take on what's been going on, and how do you personally get through day to day? You know, for me, there's a lot of things that we can't control right now, and so whenever there's things that I can't control. I've learned through dummy tax, situational knowledge of making huge mistakes in my life, that it's better to focus inside than out, especially when multiple things are changing, accelerated change is going on. Because if you do focus on what you can control, meaning my mindset, my heart set, what I think, say, do, believe, and especially now I added here, because I see a lot of people inundated and listening to the wrong things and wondering why the wrong things are happening in their lives. I think it's very important to uh, limit the intake of inundation of data that you can seek instead of uh, allow it to you know, possess you. So for me, it's taking control of my mindset, my heart set, and of course my attention and intention, which is the aggregate of what I listed out. And therefore I always feel at peace, in control, growing, accelerating in the direction I want to go, not allowing external things that I can't control to move me in an accelerated direction I don't want to go into. I like that. Um, for context, right, anybody who's watching and it goes, all right, let's talk, who's David Meltzer? Give us a little bit about Sports One, what that is, uh, and then maybe even, because I like the way you said, you said something about the the tax, what, you know, I get dummy it. Tax. I get, what, dummy what tax. You, you called it dummy tax. I understood what you're talking about right away, but that's on the fa failure side, like uh, just getting run over so many times, right? But yeah. I, I loved that. I've never heard that before. Uh, but give us context. What sports won? What is, what is it that you do right now? Sure. So I actually um, started in technology. So my career was the CEO of the world's first smartphone. And then I met a guy named Lee Steinberg, who they made the movie Jerry Maguire about and became the CEO of the world's most notable sports agency, which is where I met Warren Moon, uh, the Hall of Fame quarterback, who was a client and partner of Lee's. And then I became a partner of Warren's. We created over a decade ago Sports One Marketing specifically to leverage uh, all the relationship capital and knowledge that we had in sports to bring the greatest names to uh, all the greatest events with the greatest companies and charities uh, in order to make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Fortunately for me, because a lot of the Sports One business revolved around mass gatherings, uh, I actually stepped down as CEO. I'm a co-founder with Warren uh, in January to pursue my own brand, kind of like you, but I three and a half years ago started writing books and TV shows and all types of speaking engagements, uh, podcasts, uh, one of the top 50 podcasts uh, called The Playbook. Uh, and so for me, my own personal brand has uh, really taken up my time with one mission in mind, and that's to empower over a billion people to be happy. Uh, so I do free trainings, free books, exercises, and guides to empower people uh, with the tools and skills and dummy tax to be happy. Uh, uh, as far as that platform, uh, so now let's just talk about personal brand. 
How important is that today? I mean, you, you I, people often ask like, what, what have I been doing? Why am I spending so much time here? Wait, I see you on LinkedIn a lot. And I just say I'm doing, I'm doing it because it feels right. I mean, you may, you may understand when I, when I say something like that, I get into something and if I feel, if it feels right and I don't have to create almost, right? Then I'm just gonna go all in, I'm gonna lean into it. It's not to say, you know, I don't spend 80% of the time on our snack business, but they're related because I'm trying to bring out some positivity. I'm trying to bring out balance, all the things that our, our foods are about. And so it all comes together. Personal brand, talk on that today. Why is that so important? Uh, more than ever, people can imagine how important it is because they can't fathom what, and you'll get this coming from CPG, they can't imagine an individual having access to 4.5 billion people and growing. Uh, and with the right frequency, the strength of your signal, the spectrum that you're looking at, and of course, the clarity of your message, you can, over time, exponentially grow, accelerate, segment out a huge community. You can have your own community. And I'll take myself way back to one of my early mentors, which was Dr. Jacobs, CEO of Qualcomm. And he walked me around Qualcomm there in San Diego. And he said, Dave, do you know what business I'm in? And I was like, yeah, of course, you're in the CDMA business, a chip business, dual mode chip. Of course, I know what you're in, maybe licensing. He said, not at all. He said, I own the customer. He's all, you need to build a community and own the customer because any day I can sell them anything when I own that customer and we're aligned on our values and I provided value. Uh, and so for me, never before has there been a better opportunity coming from someone who's built great team brands, company brands, charity brands, and individuals like Warren Moon and Troy Aikman, Steve Young, Evander Holyfield, Oscar De La Hoya, you know, you can name them. Lee and I and others have all built those individual brands, but even to someone like Troy Aikman, who has been on TV for years, who has had, you know, Met Rex when it first started out as an endorsement, who has played for the America's team as quarterback, the number one exposed position. He is nothing in following, right? Compared to, you know, I just had a meeting with a kid named Who Man who does pranks on uh, YouTube, 10 million subscribers, 10 million people every day for his personal brand. I will tell you that Troy Aikman doesn't have that. Uh, and more and more people every day don't know who Troy Aikman is and they know who Who Man is. So if you're not building your brand, no matter what age you are, you're making a huge mistake because you have to take a long-term approach. What I love about what you're doing, Mark, is you are intertwining and understanding you have your core business, but your personal brand will only help your core business and provide more opportunities, options for your core business, as well as you, your family, your kids, your grandkids will all have the opportunity to share in that community to what? Make a lot of money so you can help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. And I've been doing research on your company and I love it because you're so aligned with what my key and core values are. I have a new TV show called the Two Minute Drill on Bloomberg. And I got to get the snack company involved with that. And you as my guest judge, because you're a perfect person to align how people should pitch, not oversell, back end sell, lie, manipulate, or cheat, but just provide value for the better of all. I like that. And, uh, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I'd, lo I'd love to. Um, as far as you, you mentioned, like a Troy Aikman, right? And, and I love the guy. Um, it, this is now totally just a personal, <laughs> I, you know, like if I see him on TV. Hey, we had you know, Steve Young. I should have used Steve Young. You should have, but, but don't worry. Yes, we are all Niners. This is all Bay Area Niners all in, okay? <laughs> um, and, and Jimmy G. Jimmy G, shout out Jimmy G. Um, 
you know, like in Troy Aikman, you, you talk about it. There's something about him too. I, we're just going to use him as a figurehead. Like, I, you never heard anything, I don't think so, like about a guy like Troy. He's, he's you know, it just so happens he was on America's team and all that. But like, when I see him on TV, I kind of feel good, right? There, there's something about him. Um, I don't know, maybe you, you kind of like relate in some way, even though you know he's like just an, way up there, right? Um, as far as what he's been able to do in his career monetarily and all those cool things. But he just seems like an all around good guy. Let's talk about people today. What is it? You know, I, I think some of the stuff I wrote down like about gratitude and empathy and where do you think you grabbed that from and, and why do you try to instill that? Why does that have to be the foundational points uh, as they get off? Well, I was into those values through my mom, right? My mom would not let me come down to breakfast if I wasn't in a place of gratitude. Uh, and so I had built my career, my wealth, my character, integrity, my own fulfillment through gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration. Now, I didn't call it that when I was five. I had no idea when I was 18 that I had learned and my mom had planted seeds uh, that maybe were under a tree she never would have sat under. Uh, and, you know, through a long journey of putting money first in my life, and believing money buys love and happiness and reaffirming that it did. I was a millionaire nine months out of law school. So everything that I wanted when I was five came true and it just reaffirmed something that just absolutely isn't true. Uh, I went through and uh, through a process, surrounded myself with the wrong people, the wrong ideas. This is the way I explain it. I went from living in the world of not enough in Akron, Ohio with six kids and a single mom, working two jobs, packing my dinner in a paper bag, where everything was why me, I was a victim, everything happened to me, to being a multimillionaire in my 20s, where everything happened for me, and I was buying things to be happy, buying more things to be happier, buying different things to be happier than that, and buying things I didn't need to impress people I didn't even like. And that was a shallow, sad existence, and it didn't come uh, to my awareness until my mid-30s. Uh, went through a few, you know, incidences, one with my dad, one with my best friend, and of course, the most important one with my wife. I started, my wife threatened to leave me because I came home wasted after going to the Grammys and lying to her with Little John. She literally told me, hey man, you better take stock in who you are and what you want to become because I'm leaving and you're going to end up dead. And I almost, even after she told me, went in the wrong direction, but for seeing a gift my dad had given me six years earlier, when I wasn't ready to hear that story, when I was taking yes as an answer from everyone, I literally saw this shining jacket in my closet that my dad had given me with no pockets to remind me I couldn't take anything when I'm gone. And I told him I hated him when he gave it to me, that he's punishing me. And now everything came full circle and I went back to studying myself and what made me me. And it was simply gratitude gave me perspective. Everyone's life sucks a certain percentage. The people who can find the light, the love, and the lessons and the suck, they're the ones that really do well. Forgiveness is key because it gives you peace. If you can forgive even the unforgivable, you'll never have a bad day. Accountability gives you control, which I tell people all the time. They think I'm crazy when I'm like, I ask myself every morning, what did I do to attract the pandemic? What did I do to attract these fires in my life? What did I do? And people are like, what do you mean by that? I said, look, I'm a lawyer, a recovering one at best, but... Uh, I ask myself, not liability, I'm not liable or responsible for the pandemic or the fires, but 
But I want to ask myself, what did I do to attract it to myself? And what am I supposed to learn from it? Because pain, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and financial pain is not a stop sign. It's a turn signal. It's indicating that you need to move in a di different direction by learning a lesson. So if we seek that, that lesson, we're going to expand, grow, and accelerate and be happy. And that causes the last point, which is effective communication or inspiration. I had looked one way to inspire people. I thought giving to receive was the way to live my life. I now live the other direction, which is I'm always connected to abundance, to a world of more than enough, not just enough or not enough, to a world of more than enough of everything for everyone, where it comes through me, not to me or for me, but through me with appreciation, gratitude, and my ability to add value to it, and I give it away. And that simple shift was what changed my life and led me to live a simple yet valuable existence to empower others, to empower others to be happy, using gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication or inspiration. I can relate. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of epic. Um, my, uh, you know, there's some people who say things that I, I think are almost, you know, was read. And then there's some people who say it and you feel it, right? Ah, he really did. I mean, even uh, one of my early, my first, first, when I was young, right? When I was young, um, same thing, bought a bunch of stupid stuff, you know, at the thing with the buddies and, and um, I wasn't enjoying myself. Uh, I was miserable. And so when I say it, somebody, when I'm really talking to somebody, they go, damn, you're, you were, I bet you were because they can feel it. I was miserable. Um, also on the drinking stuff. I talk a lot about that. Now I've had to curb that a lot. I also very, very transparent. I'm cut a certain way. Some people can, um, have a, a drink or, you know, I get it. And I, I always say the same thing. Do you, man, you know, hey, hey, it's okay. Right. I'm cut a certain way. I suck at that. Right. And yeah. so, uh, now, you know, luckily I have a, a, a good, a good woman and, you know, I can have a glass of wine, but like, I can't do what I used to because I was miserable and I know what it does to my body. So I live a balanced lifestyle. I eat a certain way. I exercise. I do all those things. And then I can put out the best version of myself, even through stuff like this in hopes, I think the same stuff that you do, that it reaches somebody. I don't, if it's a 100, great. If it's 10, great. If it's a thousand, fabulous. Because there are a lot more people, I say this often, there are a lot more people like me than not. Struggle, uh, getting through stuff have to deal with some, you know, mental, physical anxieties, right? And I want to be able to touch them. And your stuff, the gratitude, empathy, accountability, effective community, I love that. I love that. Um, I want to switch gears for a second. I, interviews. I've seen you do so many cool ones, right? Um, saw you do uh, one. I've, seen, I've actually seen a ton, but... Um, um, uh, Dana White, I just recently saw. What are those like? I mean, and, and what do you take from them and what are you trying to do at the same breath? Well, my favorite book is Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And I just had always thought, man, if you could find the secret sauce of everybody, you know, we could really improve and accelerate everyone. And so Think and Grow Rich, I still read every day. And then I wrote my book, Connected to Goodness, by going to the Napoleon Hill Foundation, my first book and asking them for help. 
And then when I created my podcast, I saw there was unique opportunity because of who I knew and was related to that I could be this Napoleon Hill of podcasts, bringing on the greatest, you know, entrepreneurs, billionaires, athletes, celebrities, entertainers. And you could see, right, by over 500 of the world's most impactful people and ask them their secret playbook, right? What is your playbook to success? And I will tell you, my biggest takeaway is so beautiful because people, the smart question is, you know, what have you learned? For me, it's, there's one common denominator between every single one of these people. And that's, they have a desire like you, Mark, that they must be what they can be. Now, when you have that desire, yes, we have to be careful, you and I, that, you know, we drink tequila, we want to get to the worm, right? We don't just stop at one shot, right? That's the, the danger that I experienced in my 20s and 30s about I'm all in because I must be what I can be. So if I'm all in and I'm drinking tequila, I must be what I can be. And I'm feeling like crap the next day. I'm not going to be 1% better, like it says behind me. But I have found the only common denominator that exists between all these people is there's something in them that's either learned, taught, born, or quantum that they must be what they can be. They must enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of their own potential. Uh, I love that. And, um, and say that one more time though, again, because in closing, like I, I want people to feel that because Again, some of this stuff, we, you have to be, you know, we, we, we have to, we tell in truths about like you, you see it often or somebody says it and it's maybe it's, it's, it's transcribed in a way and it doesn't hit the same way, but you are sitting there in front of these people and there's a common denominator and it's what? That they must be what they can be, that they must enjoy having a positive perspective of the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of their own potential. These people don't vote for what other people want for them. They don't vote for what they don't want for themselves because that's what they're gonna end up getting. They actually vote, meaning they put their attention and intention in what they want, their potential, and they enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of that. That's awesome. Uh, I hope everybody got some value out of this. Uh, I'm gonna rewatch it myself. I appreciate it, David. Uh, we will be in touch, man. Yeah, Peace. let me get you on my show. I want to get you involved. You'd be awesome. Whenever Thanks. you want. Thanks, You're brother. Awesome.